0: This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Sales Leadership United is the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Sales leadership frameworks, mindset tools, skill set tools, performance coaching, sales leadership training tools, video insights with some of the world's most successful sales leaders, tools used by sales leaders to create massive impact in the current environment. So don't waste your time trying to reinvent sales leadership. Head to Sales Leadership United on Patreon and check out what the world's most complete collection of sales leadership assets can do for you. Every topic you'll ever need and the tools to help you accelerate your sales leadership career all in one place. Check out Sales Leadership United today. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders, I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. Tap into the power of coaching with people who have been there, done that. If you've ever wondered how other people with jobs similar to yours are addressing challenges you're facing now, reach out to the Jepson Performance Group and learn why sales leaders all around the world choose us as their performance partner. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. I am so excited for this one today. Today, we're joined by Elizabeth Andrew. Now, Elizabeth's had a really interesting career. She has done a lot. She's been the VP of sales. She's advised and sat boards of impressive organizations. And for her, it all started on Wall Street. And after successfully having that high-speed life that can only happen on Wall Street, she exited to raise her family. But then she came back and she jumped into tech with both feet and with great success. And Elizabeth, like most of us, became accidentally involved in what we've all learned is the awesomeness of sales. But she also learned quickly how to be intentionally successful. She's created massive impact and turns heads very quickly. She has decades of proven leadership, success in multiple industries, and has been involved in every single part of the complex sales cycle as a salesperson, as a sales leader, sales ops, sales enablement, and even sales training. This is someone who understands how to be a high-impact leader, but more importantly, how to do it intentionally. She's an award-winning leader, a top-rated TED Talk speaker, and has an amazing perspective on winning in a world that's filled with change, just like we're facing right now. Elizabeth, welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Rob, thank you so much for that um, very, very kind introduction, and I'm thrilled to be here. I look forward to our conversation.
0: We're going to have a lot of fun. As we were talking and preparing for this, I I knew, I was like, this is going to be one that I'm going to get a lot of DMs on. People are going to like Elizabeth and uh, so why don't you start by just introducing yourself you've got this really great story uh you got 50,000 sales leaders that are uh, on pins and needles waiting to hear who you are what you're about so why don't you tell us about your your story and and your personal leadership journey
1: well thank you sure i'm happy happy to jump into that i know you and i had a chance to kind of dive into it on a uh, on a different conversation but yeah at uh, high a-
0: level so so they, so they know who you are
1: yeah, for sure. I have a very unusual background for a tech sales leader. I am from go. the San Francisco Bay Area, started out in the investment industry as an institutional mutual fund wholesaler and helped build a mutual fund company, the very first mutual fund company, actually, for Wells Fargo Asset Management. Wow. Express funds, and we took it from zero to a billion dollars in assets for Wells Fargo. Um, I built Congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks. Built an inside sales team. Ended up um, after doing that for a couple of years, being transferred to the Northeast to open up the New England region, um, as that's the investment capital of the world. The way the Bay is with tech, and so um, they asked me to move out there. My family said, "Go for two years, have a great time, don't fall in love." I ended up. <laughs> um, I ended up um, working out of my house in my car, carrying a bag back and carrying a bag was.
0: Was a real great. thing.
1: Exactly. And uh, calling on stock brokerage firms like Merrill Lynch and Smith Barney and all, all the big firms. Um, and it was great. I took that region from zero to 70 million. Um, of course, then I did not heed my parents' advice. I don't know how many of you have done that, but um, I, I ended up marrying a New Yorker and moved down to Manhattan um, and ended up taking 17 years off as a stay at home mom. Wow. So it was kind of a long time. I did a ton of nonprofit work, um, volunteering everything from the bake sale committee at schools to, you know, fundraising and event planning. And, um, you know, it's very interesting because a lot of that stuff is harder than anything I've done professionally. You know, you're working with volunteers, you can't, you know, you can't fire them. Um, But it wasn't until I took all of that off my resume that I was able to get back to work. Um, okay. Anyway, I, I moved in 2011, I moved back to the San Francisco Bay Area and felt like my kids were getting a little older and it was time time to get back to work, and so I relaunched a career. Um, and it's something that I'm quite passionate about outside of my actual day job is helping people because this is really a time now, too, where a lot of people are in transition.
0: I think it's perfect, and and when you jump back in, a lot of things happen. I'm going to encourage everybody to watch your TED Talk and... and uh and and learn about you because you're incredible. Like I, 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 I lo- I'm a, I follow you, and the reason that I reached out to you is I follow you on LinkedIn, and you have a lot of great content. And hopefully, we'll have a lot more people that are, that are listening. They're going to say I, I want I want some of that too. Um, you made a post where you talked about being an accidental salesperson that you were accidentally involved, and it spoke to me. Like one of my first questions I usually ask people is, how did you get into sales? Because I'm looking for the people who said, I'm going to be in sales when I grow up. And it's like, in four and a half years, there's like one, maybe two people who said that's what they wanted to do. And we're surrounded by people who are accidentally involved, but then we have to figure out how to be intentionally successful. So he had this really great post on that and spoke to me. And that's when I reached out. I was like, man, it's enough waiting and reading on the sideline of your, your great content. I want to talk about this concept of, of accidental uh, accidental involvement, but more important, how are we intentionally successful? Because you're right, the world is changing like crazy. But interestingly, some people are consistently winning. Can we start with that? Like, what made you make that post around, you know, cheers to all the accidental salespeople around here? That that kind of uh, post you make, what, what what, prompted that?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's. I think it's an interesting conversation, right? I think. Um... You know, I, I actually had had a conversation with a friend of mine who had a young child who was doing a lemonade stand, which kind of got me thinking about you know that sales right, but how many people really really had an idea that they were going to be moving into a sales career, um, and you know it tends to be something that you know certainly, and I'm I'm a little bit long in the tooth, um, you know at that time there was no programs there was nothing around getting an education in sales. Um, you know, today I think that's, yeah. you know, we do, there's some of the universities have sales programs and go to market programs, that sort of thing. But, um, in those days it wasn't. So, you know, I think, um, I think for a lot of people that run into sales or le- or get into sales really kind of fell into it out of not knowing what else they wanted to do.
0: Yeah, that was me. I got my college degree. And like you, I, there was like no college has taught it. It's almost like it was beneath them. It's what you do if you can't do something else. I got a marketing degree and yeah. the entry-level job I got with sales and I never looked back. I was like, this is crazy. Now, thank goodness there are schools now, Elizabeth. I think it's like, I think it's north of 80 now that yeah. will give you degrees or formal education in sales. And those those students that are coming out, they're coming out like doing better than people that didn't have that, that are three and four years in. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um,
1: yep. Yeah. And it's very, uh, you know, it's interesting because you you hit on a topic there that is near and dear to my heart is that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't respect sales. You know, just fundamentally, I remember when I was living on the East Coast at one point, I had a very dear friend who was a cardiologist. And um, at that time, there were a lot of investment sales and hedge fund people and, and that sort of thing out there. And she she joked that, you know, she was she she was like, I live on the poor side of town with the doctors and the lawyers, I wish I had gotten B's and gotten into sales. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so true. We, we could spend a lot of time on that, but let's shift into, let's shift into how do you, how do you become like, again, you, you jumped in, you took some time out. You like, there's a lot of people that say, Oh, if you haven't been doing tech forever, you can't do tech. You said, screw that. I'm going to go do tech. Cause I want to, you jumped in, you, you immediately start having success. you, Make sure that you re- reinvent whatever it is you need to reinvent. You adapt however you need to adapt. And not only do you find success, like you're in these great leadership situations and you're having impact on teams and you're advising and and you're doing much more than just like surviving, you're thriving. So let's, I think that's a really good place to go because there's a lot of people that right now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to channel famous movies from the eighties for 500, Alex, you ready? <laughs> Okay. ghostbusters remember the original ghostbusters movie 1984 i think is when it was for all my other listeners sorry that i'm going back in our hot tub time machine there's a scene in ghostbusters when they find their first ghost and bill murray's you know with this group and they say what do we do and they say someone's got to go talk to it he goes out and says hey where do he you come from originally and she goes Shh. and he goes back in and he says the usual things aren't working and, uh, and then they go, Dan Aykroyd says, follow me. I know what to do. And he yells, get her. And she scares him. And then they run into the park and he says, get her. That was your whole plan, get her. And um, I think sometimes we get to a place where the usual things aren't working and we have to be more intentional and maybe have to adapt and maybe have to reinvent ourselves. So as a successful leader of people, how do you atro- how do you approach like transitionary times and invent what needs to be invented? How do you do that? Because there's a lot of people that say, the usual things aren't working. What do I do more? They all they do is more of what they used to do.
1: Right. Well, first of all, um, it you made it sound much easier than it was. I mean, it was it wasn't instantaneous. It was a forgive problem.
0: me for that. I don't mean I to no, it no, it's easier. okay. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's like you know what is that saying? There's a saying. It takes eight years of hard work to be an overnight su- success, right? So, yeah. if, you no know. Doubt. Like, it, it, it was a grind and I, um, you know, I was completely unemployable. I mean, absolutely. I couldn't get a recruiter to talk to me. Nobody would talk to me. Wow. I actually found my first job back working for the West Region Director of Putnam Investments uh, and I found the job on Craigslist. Wow. Because I couldn't get anybody to talk to me. Um, you know, and of course, in this day and age too, you also submit resumes online and it goes into a black hole. And, you know, and, and keep in mind, Rob, too, when I moved here, it was 2011. I wanted to get back to work. I had spent in total 20 years on the East Coast. I hadn't worked in 17 years. So and I also had gone from investments to the Bay Area, which was so heavy in tech. I, I didn't really have a, a network here anymore. You know, a lot of my friends that I grew up with have either moved to other parts of the world or they're here, you know, maybe having families and whatnot. So I didn't have a professional network. um, Wow. So, but what I did, yeah, so it was ground up. What I do um, is, first of all, when I was moving out to the East Coast um, to open up that region, I was trained by some of the top investment wholesalers in the world. And I learned my strategy. In those days, we used to call it a, um, a business plan. Today, we yep. call it a playbook, right? But I learned yep. my strategy on how to build from the ground up from that experience. Um, and, you know, we didn't have anything like, uh, you know, inbound marketing. You know, lead generation or anything like that was opening up what we called a red book of investment advisors and cold calling and trying to get into to offices and um, so it was um, you know it was very different. But I learned how to fundamentally write a business plan, and I've used that in everything I've ever done, even in job searching, right? And 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 let me just kind of give you kind of a very very high level is creating intentional process right so focus on the quality of the conversations you have and, and your pitch and your presentation and the number of people you talk to so when I moved east and I was working this was in-person sales field sales um, I would schedule four meetings a day four days a week and I'd have one day of the week for follow-up and scheduling and I was always scheduled to two weeks out so if you You know, it's the activities, right? It's it's focusing on those activities. And that's how you start to get traction. Even though I knew the product, I'd been at the company for a number of years. I started outside of, I started in the state of Massachusetts. I had all the New England states. Um, And this was a West Coast bank selling against Fidelity, Putnam, all the major, you know.
0: By the way, Elizabeth, my first uh, sales territory was also the New England states.
1: Oh, was it?
0: Uh, and I was selling software to financial institutions. And since I sold my way into a job, I probably wasn't qualified for. It. They gave me the New England States, but minus New York and minus Boston. And I had to figure out how to win. So I, I, I I'm smiling because I remember yeah. those days. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so you learned the Dunkin' Donuts that are all over the. <laughs> oh, I,
0: I the know it now. all. <laughs> I, I could still land at the Mass Pike and, and end up at uh, in Hartford and with my eyes closed. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, so I you know I started outside. I spent three months outside the city in three small towns, getting kicked around a little bit, learning kind of some of the regional you know differences in in the industry um, before going into you know you don't want to you don't want to bomb your first meeting at a downtown Merrill Lynch office in in Boston, right? So you know I I, I created a a geographic map or plan for my entire region, and so. You know, it's, it's really been something that has helped me in everything that I do. And I think, in, you know, it's a really interesting time too because we were, we were talking I know before about, um, I actually kind of like down markets. I like a challenge obviously, but I like down markets. I, I graduated from college. I wanted to get into the investment world and there was a down market right out of the gate. Um, I think when things are going well, anybody can be a top producer Mm, and particularly in this day and age, sometimes with a lot of tech companies, all you need to do to be a top producer is be up next in the rotation because it's, you know, it could be 90% inbound, right? So, you know, it's when things get a little more challenging that you've got to double down on that intentional process and make a plan for yourself and follow. And that you know that will really separate high performers and and non high performers.
0: Um, So I love this. I love the idea of intentional planning rather than just work hard. I think there's a lot of people, Elizabeth, who who are the hard workers. They're they're going to be the good soldiers. I'm going to show up. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to crush calls or crush emails or whatever. Um, I'm going to do events. I'm just going to work hard and then I'm going to cross my fingers and hope. Can you talk for a minute if there's a difference between intentional process and intentional effort versus work hard, cross your fingers and hope. Cause I think there's a difference, but I'm really interested in your perspective on that.
1: Absolutely. There's a difference. There's absolutely a difference, you know, and I think that's, I think a lot of people do that in their job search too, right? Like mm. I treat a job search, like a, um, you know, an intentional process, you know, you want to try to have 10 opportunities in your pipeline at all times, you know, if you focus on the number of people you talk to every day and you may not, you know, you may not be applying to, you know, let's say you want to have 20 conversations a day, you know, you may be, it maybe in networking, right? And that's actually something that I do pretty well is, is networking. I think a lot of salespeople do, right? But um, certainly Salespeople that were around when you carry a bag. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, just focusing on those activities. You know, and, and we see that with, you know, SDR teams and, you know, entry-level um teams too. It's like focus on the activities, the number of people you talk to, the quality of your presentation.
0: What's the role of ownership in that? Like, I know that sometimes, like I, th- I have this belief that there's 20. 20- decisions that elite leaders have to intentionally make if they want to be elite instead of just average and one of them is ownership over excuses and it's easy in down markets that's really cool that you say you like down markets i I actually want to sit in that a little bit because you're right it is easy man when excuse me when times are good and and budgets are flowing and people are buying it's it's not that hard it's i mean it's right. always hard sales is always hard there's no easy sales jobs but i think in down, down <clears throat> excuse me in down markets it takes the real salesperson to succeed and you have to be able to adapt so what's a leader's job is is a leader's job to help like own this how do we adapt or do we kind of Encourage the reps to adapt? Like, what's a leader's role if they're going to help elevate a team? What's a leader's role in owning? Okay, we're going to have to figure out what to do if the usual things aren't working right now. Because right now, what was working in 2019, if you're still on that playbook, you're in trouble, right?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think you've got to just make sure you've got a really, really great playbook and hold people accountable, you know, train them, hold them accountable to the numbers. And, you know, it's like I work for. I've been um, a sales leader at three Y Combinator companies and, you know, there's a, there's a methodology, you know, that's kind of similar. Right. And so when I go into a new role, I, you know, break down the sales stages and create entry and exit criteria specific to the company and the product and, you know, and, and make sure that every single rep is checking every box. You don't advance steals in the, in the pipeline and and unless, you know, you reach all of those, those specific um, criteria, you know, and so it's, it's, again, it's just like focusing on that process. And I think, you know, this is where I had mentioned earlier, like I've used it for, you know, having an intentional plan for everything I've done. And, you know, it's um, job searching is one, but also, you know, you think about like people wanting to lose some weight, right? If you focus on going to the gym four days a week or getting exercise four days a week and you know putting you know what you're going to be eating and have a plan it will work if you don't it won't
0: let's let's sit in that i like this a lot so we got a whole bunch of sales leaders so let's let's take this topic of being intentional rather than accidental or just hard worker right place right time how does a leader help the members of their team add more intentionality? Any suggestions as someone who's had to figure that out multiple times? You got a lot of courage, you got a lot of confidence, you got a lot of 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 of, of things that have helped you do that. For these li- people that are listening right now, going, okay, like how do we help these listeners say, here are some things to help you maybe enhance your intentionality? Uh, any any suggestions?
1: Yeah. I mean, again, you know, I, this might be reiterating it a little bit, but it's just following, having a really solid playbook Yep. and following it.
0: So how often do you revisit that? How often, like, are you always testing? Are you always, do you keep little dry powder? So you're always willing to try something different here? Like what's your approach to updating and making sure it doesn't get stale? I guess that's my biggest question. So that stale factor.
1: You know, I spend a lot of time. So I, you know, I've worked for, public companies and I've worked for startups and you know, everything from tiny, tiny to, you know, typically my sweet spots more in that series A to C range. But um, you know, I like the startups cause you wear a lot of hats. You okay. know, um, you work cross-functionally, you know, yep. I, I was at Slime for four and a half years. We were acquired by Dropbox. They were both Y Combinator companies, very similar culture in many ways. Um, but you know, Dropbox is a big publicly traded company, right? So you get a lot more of the hierarchy, um, in, in the organization. And, you know, so that's just a little bit of a different, I I'm certainly capable, I've done it, but I, I really enjoy solving those problems, you know? So when I go into a new role, I spend, I, I like very flat organizations. I like to. Get in the weeds with my team and really coach them and work with them and you know and and then bring on you know a first first line sales manager and that sort of thing you know i've i had a great sales leadership team at my last company but um you know i i really make sure that you focus on the the individual contributors and coaching and educating and and making sure that they're tracking you know if the it deals get lost you know you're really looking at kind of what that where did it break down you know what was the problem where what part of the sales so I'm a big believer in discovery and getting a lot of those you know that information up front or in the first few calls but um you know it's it's making sure that you're really tracking everything with them um I also have this funny rule I'm actually going to be I'm kind of drafting a uh post on this um I was all messy. right I was mentored by somebody who um, was a multi-time CEO, very, very successful, happens to be a friend and, um, and had a rule, this was a long time ago, this was a decade ago and um, had a rule of five. You know, And the methodology or the thought process around that was, you, know, you out of five reps, probably two to three are not gonna be successful. So shoot them fast. Is kind of is kind of the methodology, you know. Like I actually, you know, and this this is I think we're moving into this world of empathetic leadership. And yep, we are. It's it's changing. Um, in fact, I don't know if you saw my post this morning. I was it was talking about that. But you know, we're I think there's a big backlash now on a lot of businesses and companies that to be more compassionate. And you know, I've been hearing things I have about people being laid off. I know somebody that was laid off on the twenty third of December with no severance you know yeah. you good performer you know it's just you know it, it it's it's not good right so um you know and i i tend to come from more of that empathetic and when i look at my team i look at like my five people let's say you know your top 10% my top 10% of my sales team i leave them alone i don't mess with them. I provide them the support if they need it but those are the people that are driven they know what they're doing, you know. Of course, we always have team meetings and education, sort of that. But it's like, if you've got high-performing people that are exceeding their quotas, get out of their way. And then I really focus on my weakest links. So if I can pull up my numbers, you know, with people that are struggling, and and you know, you always have to maybe weed people out or manage people out, and that sort of thing. It happens in, in any leadership role, right? But like, you know, if I can put everything, I I want to exhaust all options before I go to that, to that, you got to manage somebody out. And, you know, if, if you give them the chance and, and, and all the training and everything they need and try to get their numbers up to the level of where you have top performers, you know, it's, it it makes it a much more fun organization. And I think I shared with you an example of this when I was, so when I was at Hello Sign. We were acquired by Dropbox. Um, right, our head of sales at the time left. I was had been I was running the um, the mid market and emerging market AE teams. Um, okay, then he left, and so I was reporting directly for the next nine months to um, the CLO. Um, and so there was it was Q two and Q three of I want to say 2019. Um, I exceeded quota... The team exceeded quota of both quarters, but there was one, Q2, we had, you know, 80% of the, the AE team exceeded quota. The other 20 were, you know, 85, 90%. And nice. then Q3, we also exceeded quota, but the three reps knocked the skin off the ball and everybody else was down like 40%. That didn't okay. feel as good. You know, and I think as sales leaders, one of the things that I love about sales that keeps me excited about sales every day, of course, there's the money and hitting your numbers and all that stuff. But that feeling of dancing in the streets and creating a a team environment. And, um, you know, I think that's that's Yeah,
0: that that feeling is important. And I'm finding that you hit on something that I think we should talk about. This is really cool. I I appreciate bringing this up. Data is showing because of this trend towards empathy right now. Companies are doing what's good for companies and sometimes they don't have any choice. Sometimes that's just what you have to do. Of
1: course.
0: Um, There's this growing mistrust of the leaders in companies right now. And in some cases, it's becoming extreme dislike. And it's pretty concerning for me as a guy who's a leadership coach and a performance coach. I'm seeing that this is creating it's harder for people to feel like I'm part of something. It's like, I got to watch out for me. I got to take care of me. I got to reinvent me. Um, any thoughts about right now, building that sense of camaraderie or that sense of community or that sense of, you know, this environment, because I think that that's maybe becoming really even more important again, because of this growing distrust.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a pendulum. And I think a lot of it is, you know, it's, it, you know, I mean, companies, they, I mean, this has been around forever, right? Everything, you can kind of look back on history. I mean, I know we're in a little bit of kind of unprecedented times with everything that's happened with the pandemic and whatnot. But, um, right. But um, you know, if you look at history, you can kind of see what happens, right? And companies, they overhire and then they overfire and then they overhire and then they over. I just think that, I think we have, you know, we've just gotten to this stage now where there is very little tolerance for not treating people well, you know, and I think, I have actually a kind of a philosophy and I have, don't get me wrong, I have like messed up plenty of times in my life and my career and, you know, yeah. I've done a lot of things, so I'm not, you know, pontificating here and I've had bad you know, employees that I've had to, I mean, I've fired people and not handled it well, you know, we do do all those things. Right. But sure, what I strive for is when I have to let an employee go, that it's on good terms and it's not a surprise. And, you know, um, they've had every opportunity and I've had, you know, I've had, I've had to let people go that I'm still in touch with, you know, and, um, you know, and because it's how you handle it, right. When you're letting people, and I get it when you've got mass layoffs like this, you don't necessarily always have a head up heads up. That's a different beast. That is a different beast. That's not necessarily a performance.
0: Over 130,000 in tech alone so far this year. So yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy time, which is why I think it's a good time to sit in this, You, you can maybe help a lot of people that are listening to this. Like there may be times that you got to reinvent yourself. Like you did, you went through, like, I summarized that too, too easily. And I, I apologize to you for like, not giving you credit for that work that went into reinventing who you wanted to be. Like, I think it's really cool what you've done and how much success you're having now. And the swag and the confidence as I listen to you, like people that will get some of the videos and Sales Leadership United, like it's an awesome, like you got a lot of confidence and you didn't get intimidated by the ch- the challenge of, man, lots changed. How am I going to do this? For some of these people who are like, okay, maybe maybe now that some of these layoffs have happened or maybe the companies are changing, is it is it a good time to say, hey, maybe there's some other things I should be thinking about. Is, is, is that something worth talking about? Because you've done that. And there might be a lot of people that say, I'm afraid, or it sounds too hard, or maybe no one will talk to me. Like you did all that.
1: Right. And, and all of those things are true. And I was afraid and I was, you know, I, I, I mean, there was a, there were some scary times there unquestionably, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I was a single mom with three college tuitions and 100% supporting my kids. So, you know, um, you know it's amazing what you can do when your back is against the wall. First, amen.
0: Of all. You know there's amen. a lot,
1: a lot that that can happen. You know, and I I think trying not to focus on you know focus on the positive, and believe me, I mean I used to. This is, I mean I don't know. You know this is something that was kind of a funny story. But um, my middle son, I think it was in like tenth grade, and I was commuting into San Francisco, um, and he would drive me and drop me off to to Bart, and I you know, he'd be driving me down and he was kind of being a snarky teenager at the time. And, you know, I'd wake up every morning, I'd be like, he, you know, he didn't want to have to drive me down there to begin with, but he did. And I had a great kid, you know, but I, I'd be like, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And he'd roll his eyes. <laughs> like, you know, you just gotta, gotta, you know, you don't believe it at first, but you just have to keep, you know, keep going at it and not focus on the... The limitations and you know a perfect example of that and you know is i oftentimes joke that i went from being the only woman in the room as an investment also and i mean, I'd give presentations for hundreds of people and they were all white men that looked like my dad to being the oldest person in the room in technology <laughs> it's like you know I, I launched a career in san francisco in tech and in my late 40s um with no tech background at whatsoever
0: it's you know? so incredible. Like I, I want to, like I want to make sure that we put a, a, that in bold and exclamation point and underline because you did some incredible things, and and that's led you doing even more incredible things. Like I'm a fan, and lots of people have been influenced by you, and so there's a lot of people that might be like, I want to do X, mm-hmm. and maybe it's too late, or maybe it's too hard, or maybe it's too risky. I, I love your statement. It's amazing what you do when your back's against the wall, man. There, that is so true yeah I think that I think that not enough people have back against the wall moments to be honest with you because right. back back against the wall moments were massive not were continue to be massive moments for me right and so I relate to that
1: well, I think that actually brings us full circle back to the reason that salespeople in many industries don't have a lot of respect, and you know it's I personally, you know, when you talk about grit and you talk about, you know, persistence and all of those things that make up a great salesperson, you know, I, I look for, I, when I've been in a lot of the tech companies, I tend to work for, you know, I work directly for the CEO. They're oftentimes a genius, you know, Harvard, Princeton, MIT, global, you know, coming out of these educations, many of them are technical founders, you know, they're they're geniuses. Uh, right, when, right. I, when I recruit for my sales team, I love hiring people. I want the kid that was I don't mean kid because grown. world. I
0: got you. I got you.
1: But, um, you know, that was cut from the team that didn't get into the college of their choice that, you know, not that you don't have to work hard to go to Harvard, but by default, everything you were, everything went your way. You were captain of the football team or the, you know, you know, first chair cello or whatever it is you um, you really excelled at it throughout your life, um, you know, from a lot of hard work, of course, but um, you know, I want those people that, that are comfortable with rejection, they're comfortable with disappointment, they're comfortable with all those things. And I love hiring out of San Francisco State or Chico Mm, or schools like that, because I think that, you know, you find a team that's a little bit more resilient.
0: Let's finish with that. We've got about 10 minutes ish. I think resiliency is a huge part of, of this intentional success. It's a huge part of this reinvention when needed. And and I think that we're in a time where it's it's maybe important to know that you can reinvent yourself and, and have confidence in doing that. Resilience, how, how do you build that? Or can you build that? Do you only hire that? Do you, you know, should that be part of a culture? I, I'd love to get your thoughts for these leaders. Like, how do you make resilience part of what your team is? And, and, thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you literally, you know, in, in these times, this too shall pass, you know. I mean, we're all. I've got a lot of things happening in my my personal life now too, and you know, this too shall pass, right? And um, I used to laugh like, you know, I don't, I don't want any. What's the that term like? You know, challenging times build character. It's like I'm enough of a character. I got
0: <laughs> enough character now. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I, I'm, I'm enough of a character, but yeah. uh, you know that that's true. And there's something, you know, you look at many of the most successful people in the world, a lot of them, um, it came out of post-traumatic growth. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, when something, you can either let it kill you or you can, you know, you can fight like hell to get it, get, get things back on track. Right. And so um, it's, you know, it's, again, following the process, the day-to-day, you know, set, set goals. How many phone calls are you going to do? I also think it's very, very helpful to think outside the box. I and, like that. You know, do things that maybe other people aren't doing. And this is something that typically comes pretty um, intuitively to salespeople, more so than engineers and other things, right? Like networking. And I remember when I wanted to get into technology. So I was at Putnam Investments for about a year and felt like there's just no fun to be had in financial services anymore. It's so much happening here in the Bay in tech, as long as I was reinventing myself, why not try tech? So
0: why not? I love it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, so I started becoming a student of my profession. I followed things like tech crunch and, you know, I, um, you know, followed thought leaders, Um, you know, there's a ton of them that, that some of them have become good friends and, you know, John Barrows of course is like a great, you know, great guy. And, you know, I'd listen and-
0: Love John, love John. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And I, um, so I, I had read something in, a, in some news feed that um, TechCrunch, I think it was TechCrunch. I think it was TechCrunch, but it may not have been. Some, some organization was having a meetup in the Presidio and it was going to be 20 bucks to go. And I called a friend to try to get her to go, but she couldn't go at the 11th hour. So I went by myself, you know, I walked in, it's food trucks. I didn't know a soul, just walked around. You know, I ended up meeting some guy in, in line uh, who had just moved to the Bay from India. Um, and he was a CEO and I, you know, I was um, in a conversation with him and, you know, you just never know. I, I didn't get a job there, but I actually did develop a couple of relationships. That being one that I ended up selling my product to a couple of years ago. Or, you know, nice. So you know, you just gotta try to get creative and and think outside the box a little bit.
0: Well, I I love that that this this has been fun for me. This resilience thing, I think, has become. People have talked about grit for a long time, but man, we've been hammered a couple times. We had a pandemic, and then we had all kinds of supply chain things happen and and worker things happen and now we've got the economy that's changing and we have to be able to reinvent we have to have the courage to do that and I I think the day of just like looking for that word that a lot of people used to because I'm a little long of the tooth myself people would always look for that uh dependable reliable you know job that it'll always be there i think i think we can't look for that anymore i think in fact we should do better we owe it to ourselves to reinvent and grow and change and chase and say how do i find the next version of me And i think if leaders do a good job with that if we're chasing something i believe that resiliency is easier to do because we're in pursuit of something rather than trying to survive something as i listen to your story that's what it screams to me you were in pursuit of what was next Rather than just trying to keep your head above water, and it seems to me that's something that a leader can do. A leader can help create a culture of "we are all in hot pursuit of something," right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 leaders that make that part of their culture, I, I believe, they have people that they find ways that they they overcome those back against the wall moments. They 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 can mitigate some of the fear that that you had to do on your own. That not everybody might necessarily believe in themselves enough to do, but they can do it often. They just need a mentor or a leader or someone who can help infuse some of that into them. So I, I really appreciate that. That's, I think yeah. that's really timely.
1: Yeah. So thank I mean, you. It is. And I think this is, you know, be kind to people, not right there, you know, be kind to people. People need help. People need, you know, I, um, you know, I try to help people. I've done a fair amount of speaking outside. I mean, you saw that the TEDx was around career reentry. you know, I, there's an organization out in New York called I relaunch I'd spoken at a number of their events at Stanford University and things like that to you know help people with tools and resources and there are a lot of tools and resources you know and I'm happy to send some over to you you know job boards and things like that but um, you know it's 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 not easy you know it's it's not an easy time but I think the more you can be kind to people and everybody's exhausted. I mean,
0: this
1: yeah. is, a, you know,
0: everybody's yeah. exhausted. exhausted Here, here's here's how I want us to, to finish. And then I want to give people a chance to, to connect you, learn from you where they can find you, connect, you get your stuff. And then we'll give you a kind of final thought. But my last, my last thought, we have X number of professional cycles in our career. We do. And I think we have a responsibility to use every single one of those cycles intentionally back. Now we're full circle again, you know, this intentional, right. And, and no matter how you started, don't let what you did influence where you're going. Right. And that's one of the things I love about you. Is fearless might be the wrong word because you didn't just get lucky. You were very intentional, and 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 you you did some amazing. And again, I don't care what you did. What, what you're doing is what has my attention. And anyone could learn from you, and not anyone could do it, but anyone could learn from you to have that. Use your cycles intentionally. Mm-hmm. Thoughts agree, disagree, like look at that differently?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, there's a, that old saying in sales too, I'd rather be lucky than good, but, um, but it definitely was not luck. I mean, it was not, no, luck. It was, no, it was creating no. A man and getting knocked down and getting back up and getting knocked down and getting back up and, you know, trying to make small steps forward in the right direction. Um, I actually had attended a um, virtual Tony Robbins event. I had never, I've never really done anything. Um, but he spoke about seasons uh, in a very interesting way. And I think this talks about, you know, history, everything's cyclical, right? And if you think of it as like spring, summer, fall, winter, you know, we're in the middle of winter now. And I loved what he said, actually, one of the things that he said was, um, you know, it, it's, we've had, we've come out of some pretty good decades without a lot of challenges. If you look back at the Great Depression and World War II and, you know, and, and there, there were some problems back in those days that were arguably worse than anything we you know. Yeah, no doubt. It's like, but his, his comments around that is that challenging times makes strong people, strong people Make good times. Good times make weak people, and weak people make bad times.
0: That's awesome. I love that. That's for sure going to be a one of our video clips in Sales Leadership United. Thank you for sharing that. That's yeah. so good. I, I like I like that to end what we were talking about. So how how do we have people that say I want more of Elizabeth. I I want to pick up her insights. I want to follow what she does. I Maybe they have questions they want to send you. How, how do people connect with you? How do people get more from you?
1: Yeah. The best platform for me is LinkedIn and I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Um, you know, please, please reach out, um, drop me a message and a, a connect request. And um, you know, I love uh, building my network of talented sales leaders and salespeople and go to market people. And uh, so that's really the best. I do have, Um, you know, I do have a number of things on my LinkedIn page that have resources to like, you know, certainly my TEDx, um, let them back in, um, you know, there's a couple of other organizations I've blogged for and things, but
0: LinkedIn is we'll put that link in the show notes to make it really easy for people. I, I I love this, Elizabeth, you're, you're so awesome. I'm so impressed with what you've done, but I, I also so appreciate the way that you take your lessons and you use them for the future and the now, you got fifty thousand people listening. You got any final thoughts? Is there one thing you'd want to sign off with as we get ready to wrap up what has been, in my mind, a really fun and and insightful conversation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say do not give up. You know, just don't give up. Focus on the uh, the the day to day activities. You know, and and try to remove the fear from your teams. And um, you know, if you just really keep uh, you know, keep, keep it intentional and have a plan. We'll get through this. Um, I think the last thing that is really critical for companies and teams and people and friends is to try to bring some laughter and joy into the day.
0: Amen. Her name is Elizabeth Andrew. She has done incredible things from a leadership perspective for a long time, and she's doing them now with great success in the tech space. Uh, she's a student of leadership, uh, she's learned how to make intentionality work for her and make things happen that are no surprise to anybody that works with her. And along the way, learn to not be afraid of transitionary times and reinvent as needed uh, to make sure that that uh, when you get when you get uh, to the end of whatever it is you're working on, you can look back and say mission accomplished. Elizabeth, thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us on behalf of 50,000 lis- listeners all around the world. Thank you and good luck to you in your journey.
1: Thank you so much, Rob, for having me. Love the conversation and and looking forward to many future conversations
0: moving forward. Hey everyone, welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this episode is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. We are having a different year than we've ever had, facing new challenges than we've ever had to face. And every single sales leader needs to find ways to create more impact with the people they lead. And that's why I created Sales Leadership United. And if there's one thing I learned from Elizabeth today, it's that we need to never stop reinventing ourselves. And it isn't just true for salespeople. Sales leaders need to up their game just as much, if not even more than salespeople do. And that isn't easy. It takes intentionality and it takes prioritization to stay fresh, modern, and current so you can have higher impact. And that's why I created Sales Leadership United. Sales Leadership United is the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Members of Sales Leadership United have access to proven trainings, techniques, and tactics used right now to solve sales leadership challenges by some of the world's most successful sales leaders. With a simple search, you can find sales leadership resources, proven frameworks, modern systems, sales meeting ideas you can use immediately, and much, much more. Systems on any leadership topic you'll need are ready for you to tap into at Sales Leadership United. Hundreds of video segments from some of the most successful sales leaders in the world are one search away. You can find Sales Leadership United on Patreon, and for less than the cost of lunch, you can have access to more sales sales leadership materials than you may have ever imagined. New material is released every week and you will never be operating on old systems as a member of sales leadership United. So click the link in the show notes and check out sales leadership United today. What an awesome conversation that was with Elizabeth, so timely and so freaking relevant because we are in turbulent times, just as she said. People are having to deal with challenges they may have never thought they would have to deal with, and her story is something every single person can learn from, benefit from, and be better off as, as a result. So go back and check this one out a couple times. There's a lot of great stuff here, but there are two words that stand out to me from this conversation. The first is what I believe is becoming my word of the year, intentional. The second is something I'm talking about with nearly every single sales leader I'm working with right now, reinvention. And when you put them both together, you get a super important topic intentional reinvention. I've learned that as a leader, accidental anything usually means the best you can hope for is average and more likely you'll get something poor and sometimes even toxic. For example, accidental clarity usually means you have very little clarity. Accidental competency usually means inconsistent at best competency. Accidental anything usually means poor anything. I had this conversation with two different leaders today and it, all around the importance of intentional leadership. It was really interesting to watch their faces. I asked them, Hey, if you have accidental culture, what kind of culture will you have or accidental character? What kind of character will you have? Whatever. And, and it was interesting to watch them like have that cross their mind and say, we got to be intentional. And we made a list about the things we got to be intentional about. And we turned that into areas that we have to create systems. And, This idea of intentional leadership is a big one. Here's the problem, though. Very few companies have a really good definition of what a good sales leader is, what traits they should aspire to. And this is why there are so few leaders who move past the blind pursuit of sales results. Results alone are not going to make you legendary or create a legacy that matters. But having impact in the lives of those you lead... Now, that will. That's why you need to be intentional about how you reinvent yourself. Follow Elizabeth's advice and make that intentional choice to do what others don't, won't, or can't. And be intentional about every single thing you do, especially in how and where you reinvent. Elizabeth gave a great suggestion around being a student of our game of sales, and especially sales leadership being thoughtful about who you follow and why you choose to learn from them. What great advice that was. And I have found that this is important because I found that leaders often don't try to change things until they have to. Maybe they get behind in their prediction production. Maybe they are losing people. Shoot, maybe they've lost their job. Maybe the company is struggling in the current condition and it's up to us to figure out what to do about it. And when things like that happen, It's often a catalyst for leaders to change or to reinvent. One of the big takeaways from this conversation is to always be evaluating where you can grow or change because I have news for you. If you're going to be a leader for a very long period of time, you're going to have to reinvent yourself because times change. That means you're gonna have to do it regularly. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong. It just means you're committed to staying relevant. I learned a long time ago that I don't wanna just survive, personally. There's a long time I was just in the survival game. In fact, I've worked with plenty of leaders that say, man, I survived, I've survived the quarter, I survived the year, I survived whatever. We are not here to survive our careers. We are here to thrive. We should all want to thrive and that requires reinvention. So be intentional about it, be proactive about it because we will all have storms that we will have to face. Our resiliency will be a condition of our adaptability. So don't fall into the work hard and then cross your fingers and hope trap. The grind and hope strategy is not the pathway to elite success, but intentional reinvention, resiliency, and keeping yourself in the game is. Now, I hope this conversation lights a fire in you, that fire of reinvention, of learning, of thinking big, because you're in charge of how far you go. The events that happen along the way are not. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me. Congrats on your success. Congrats on taking charge of your career, for making sure you aren't accidental in anything that happens to you in your career, and for sharing the the power of intentionality with thousands of sales leaders worldwide. Listen, my advice is to connect with Elizabeth. Reach out to her. Follow her journey and her insights. You're going to find that she's a killer resource. We've added the link to her LinkedIn profile to help you make that connection really quickly, and I hope you'll take advantage of it. And then, be sure to check out Sales Leadership United to get the video segments of the highlights of my conversation with Elizabeth and other guests of the show. I'll have several clips that will be huge leadership resources for you. You're going to want to use these videos for sure. Finally, Thanks to each of you, our listeners, the greatest compliment you can give is to share the show with those you work with. Share it on your socials. Share it with those you lead. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes, and you can support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Please head to Patreon and check it out. You're going to be glad you did. Thank you for your support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people we lead. If you liked this message, please share it with someone who needs to hear it and then get after it because life is short. You got no guarantee of what comes tomorrow, so maximize your today. Be elite, live strong and chase those passions and whatever you do, do your best work so you can live your best life. And don't forget that you got this and I got you. Have a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepsa Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at J-E-P-P-G.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.